who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Keegan, it's so funny. I think we only recorded, like, what, two episodes together in person? I know, I know. We're back to (laughs) recording remotely because I'm moving and Mm -hmm. my life is chaos. And I just, I'm at a really weird, not only is the closet, the pod closet full of boxes and just like a mess right now, but... Also, like, I just have so much going on that I you just really do. can't. <laughs> you really, really do. And, but I love that because, like, we've gotten this recording remotely thing down so well that it's like, oh, yeah, if you want to do that, we can do that. If we can get together, we can get together. Like, it's nice that we have that option of, you know, always getting an episode done no matter what. But it's just so funny because yeah. we were like, oh, my gosh, we're finally going to get together. And then we were together for, like, a few weeks. And then it's like, actually... Works better if we're separate right now. (laughs) Just for now. And the good news is that when we get settled in the new place, we are going to create a whole podcasting corner in the second bedroom, which will make things so much easier. We can just leave it up all the time. We don't have to like rearrange the closet and get everything like situated every single time. So that will be really nice something to look forward to (laughs) I can't wait it's gonna be so much fun it's always fun to move to and have like a new environment and yes you know have like a a clean slate of where you want everything to be and organize and you know all that Uh, kind of stuff I love that and we're getting new furniture now and I'm like I'm so excited we're getting a new bed we're getting a new couch and I'm like, oh, it's going to feel so like fresh and new. I was going to say, Can't you're wait. really doing like such a fresh new start. I think that's fantastic. Um, yes. So my news story this week is is more silly. Like it's not silly, it's serious, but at the same time, it's not like a dramatic thing. Do you want to go first? Sure. I mean, mine isn't either. Okay, so great. We can go congratulations for a lighter, a lighter week listeners. of news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I wanted to talk about, I mean, this, I will say this, 
this story did make me like furious, but it's not, I don't know. It's not that serious. Jeff Bezos going to space. Let's talk. Oh, about this. yeah, 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 yeah. So let's, let's talk about this stuff. <laughs> Jeff Bezos will be flying to space on the first crewed flight of the New Shepard, which is a rocket ship made by his space company, Blue Origin, which is just can we just talk about how fucking gross it is that all these billionaires have space companies too? I'm just like, okay. Yeah, it's a very bizarre thing. I know when Max and I were reading about the Bezos thing, we're like, we're talking about Elon Musk being uh-huh. next and, you know, everything like that. Elon Musk is probably furious. I think it's going to be the next space race. Instead of the Russians yeah. in the United States, it's going to be the, the billionaires. billionaires. Like, I, I really think that's what's going to happen. Because Richard Branson, same thing. I think he's also working on some kind of rocket, but whatever. So the flight is scheduled for July 20th, uh, which is 15 days after Jeff Bezos is set to resign as CEO of Amazon. So he's also going to be bringing his younger brother, Mark Bezos. They had this cringy video of him wearing like cowboy attire, asking his younger brother if he wanted to... I want you to go with me, man. You know what I mean? What's the cowboy attire for? Well, I found out recently, and it's bummed me out, kind of, that <laughs> what? He, he's from New Mexico. Oh, oh hometown I. boy. Hometown yeah, boy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of New Mexico, have you watched the new season of The Bachelorette? Because they're filming right outside of Albuquerque. What? Yeah. No, and why? <laughs> I don't know. They're filming at like this resort, like in this little town in New Mexico that's right outside of Albuquerque. I mean, it's probably the way they film it. It looks really, I mean, I'm like such a desert kind of person. Like I love all the desert, like scapes and all that kind of stuff. So for me, I'm like, ooh, this is gorgeous. But yeah, it's oh, yeah. definitely bizarre I mean, for like the bachelorette to go there. But I'm down sure. for it. I mean, they don't call New Mexico the land of enchantment for nothing. It is beautiful. Like, it, it has the most yes. beautiful sunsets I've ever seen. I would you know, actually really, I've always wanted to go to Santa Fe ever since I was little and obsessed with the Newsies because Christian Bale oh yeah, sings about song. wanting to go to Santa Fe. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to go. I want to, like, be called cowboy and wear a kerchief around my neck and go to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Santa Fe is gorgeous. Santa it is. Fe. I would, even though, you know, my family is from Albuquerque and a a small town called Estancia, I would rather live in Santa Fe than either of those places because it's Mm. like an artsy community. It's great. I don't know where Jeff Bezos is from, but I guess that's why he feels the need to dress like a cowboy. Yeah, I just feel like that's... To me, it seems like it would be if I were to go home and ask like a Minnesota family member to vi- to join me on something awesome while wearing like a Paul Bunyan get up, like wearing the right. like the boots and the plaid and the, you know, like that. It doesn't resonate with me. It's just such a funny Although, thing that you know, he would wear this like costume almost. Who you know? knows? Maybe that's his most authentic self. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know you, Jeff. I mean, we don't know you well, Jeff, but I've I've never seen it. The, the reason... I know I'm I'm like focusing on this a lot, but you said that and it was just very jarring to me because I have a very specific image of Jeff Bezos in my mind and picturing a cowboy hat on his bald head is a bit jarring to me. So well, it just took me a second to adjust. <laughs> it was also very cringy because it felt very much like I never get the sense really with Jeff Bezos that he wants to be liked. Like I get mm-hmm. that sense a lot with Elon Musk. Like mm-hmm. he's like desperate to be like liked by the public and be like popular and he goes on Joe Rogan and you know but with Jeff Bezos I don't usually get that sense but I did in this video like it was like 
he wanted to appeal to people and he doesn't know how because he's like awkward. And yeah, so he's like, maybe I'll look relatable if I'm not in a suit, you know? It, it like, kind of reminds me of like candidates doing their like election videos and stuff mm-hmm. where they really play up their home state or their hometown mm-hmm. or anything like that. It just wears very much like a put on. Hello, thing. fellow citizen. Yeah, kind exactly, of thing. exactly. I'm like one of you and it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> but so he he said... Ever since I was five years old, I've dreamed of traveling to space. Blah. On July 20th, I will take that journey with my brother, the greatest adventure with my best friend. And so... Gag me with a spoon. Come I know. on. <laughs> I know. Now, I want everyone to keep in mind as I go into this next thing that he said, that Jeff Bezos's net worth is $187 billion. That hurts my heart. That it's it hurts my heart. It is so infuriating. It's too much so, money. It's too much money. No one and okay, hold on. So he said during an interview when talking about this, he said, I'm interested in space because I'm passionate about it. I've been studying it and thinking about it since I was five, since I was a five year old boy. But that is not why I'm pursuing this work. I'm pursuing this work because I believe if we don't, we will eventually end up with a civilization of stasis, which I kind of find very demoralizing. Let me tell you why this is gross. Okay, you have Jeff Bezos, a billionaire a multi-billionaire multi-multi right he's demoralized at the idea that our civilization could end up in a state of stasis but his solution to that is to rocket himself and other wealthy people because that's the only people who are going to be able to go away from afford tickets right into space rather than using his unimaginable resources to improve the actual lives of actual living human beings here on Earth. Like, okay, yeah, that makes me really, really mad now that you kind of like spell it all out for me. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's kind of the idea of everything being disposable. You know, it's like, okay, we're done with this planet. The, the highest of the echelon of people are able to now mm-hmm. go and create this new life on this new planet far, far away. The rest of you, good fucking luck. Yeah, I think that's infuriating. And I think he might make himself feel better because I think there's an aspect of he's like going to raffle off some tickets to space. But that's different. That's different. Like raffling is like what you're going to get a couple hundred people or I mean, however many out of the pool of people to go. But at the same time, like that's if you're it's like the lottery. It's if you're very, very lucky Mm -hmm. and selected. It's not going to be something that like you know, Bob and Joe from down the street would be able to be a part of unless they're incredibly lucky. Right, exactly. And, you know, we just can't even fathom the kind of wealth Jeff Bezos has. I get frustrated talking about billionaires with people because I think that people's brains can't really wrap around how much a billion is. It takes a second. There's been a few videos that I've seen where people kind of like, break down exactly how much that is. And I think that it does take a second to really think about how much that is. Because you think of a million, it is almost incomprehensible to consider even a billion, let alone 157 billion, you said. That is... That's too much money that I don't know exactly what you said. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Let me help you wrap your head around it. Oh, God, it's Here are some fun facts that are going to make you want to peel your skin off. (laughs) Jeff Bezos makes approximately $2,489 per second. What? Per second. 
Bezos is so rich that an average American spending $1 is similar to Bezos spending $1.3 million. That's the comparative. Like, that's what we're talking about here. I, he bought the most. I got more. <laughs> he bought the most expensive house in Los Angeles for only eight percent in Los Angeles. And we know how expensive real estate is. Yeah, here. you can't you can get the shittiest house for a million dollars. Like, yes. really? Yes. <laughs> and he bought the most expensive house in Los Angeles for only eight percent of his wealth. To put that into perspective, if you earn sixty thousand dollars a year, that would be like spending seventy five dollars on a house. And according to ProPublica, a a report that was released this week, he did not pay income taxes in 2007 or 2011 and has since paid far less by percentage than the average person. Fuck you, rich people. I'm so fucking sick of rich people. Go away. (laughs) It's very gross. I mean, the wealth that he has could put an end to world hunger. It could put an end to homelessness in the United States. It could fund schools. And he wouldn't even feel a dent in his bank account but he would rather live out his childhood fantasy of flying into space you know what keegan i've been doing this show with you for three years i've known you for Mm -hmm. about 10 i know how much you love space i know you went to space i do love space i could never you're not gonna if you were even a billionaire there's no way you'd be like you know what fuck everybody i've always really wanted to go to space i'm gonna get the fuck out of here like that's to me that's not that's not an acceptable enough reason because even like when we like when I think about NASA and when the real space race was going on you know it was like it was because we wanted more knowledge there was a reason for why we wanted to go into space and have all these explorations this is just such a like I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. It, it it's like it's like going on a vacation. It's it's limiting. There's no real reason for this money to be spent except for pleasure, which I guess isn't the worst thing in the world, but that's so much fucking money and time yeah. and resources. And you know, I don't know what all of his goals are with this, right? And like I think commercial space exploration, it was going to happen at some point. I'm not necessarily opposed to the concept. What I'm opposed to is doing this without doing the other stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like he could be working towards this while also affecting real change here on Earth. I feel that way about every single billionaire. Me too. Like if you all, if all of you billionaires even just put together five, each of you, 5% of your net worth, 5%, you wouldn't even feel it. It would have no real impact on how you live your day-to-day life. Yeah, you're still going to make plenty more money after that. And you still have billions of dollars. If you gave us 5%, you would still have billions of dollars and you would improve the lives of everybody in the world. Yeah, I mean, but I got to say, you know, the richest people that I've ever worked for had been the stingiest with money, had been the oh, yeah. ones that would pay me just below minimum wage or just below what I needed to get benefits or, you know, would skim off on tips. You know, it, it's so upsetting that a lot of the people that start to get their hands on some wealth, it then becomes about keeping it and hoarding it and getting more and yes. more and more of it well, rather yeah. than giving it away. Like, yeah, I was inside I, of fucking Sean Parker's house, the owner of Facebook. I was looking around, and I was just like, this is so fucking unnecessary. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, the thing is, in my opinion, I think in order to become that wealthy, you have to like money 
to such a degree that is not normal for any person, right? Like everyone likes money. Everybody needs money. There's nothing wrong with liking having money. But if you, you have to like money to an unhealthy degree to accumulate so much of it that you will not be able to spend it. Your children will not be able to spend it. You have more money than you can spend. And like, why? Why? Yeah, broke ass me just is really hating Jeff Bezos right now. <laughs> well, good because that was my intention with Thanks. sharing that story. It oh. just made me so mad when I heard about it. I mean, like, do you? You have the money to go to space, but like, could you maybe like help us out? Do, help us out a little, a little bit, a little bit. Well, my story isn't necessarily going to make you not angry. <laughs> um, okay, but great. it is. It is pretty silly. This is something that you know. I, I, It's pretty funny to me. So there was a doctor in Ohio by the name of Sherry Tenpenny, who claims that the COVID-19 vaccine leads to making a person magnetic and causes metal objects to stick to the shot recipient's body. Have you seen this? Please demonstrate, ma'am. Like, I really want to see. Oh, does she? She doesn't, but there's a demonstration. I'm going to get to it. So, okay, this woman, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, I really hate that she even has my dog's name in her last name. It's very upsetting. (laughs) By the way, Penny is doing great. Quick update. She's doing great. Um, So this Sherry Tenpenny was invited by the GOP to speak at the Ohio State House, where she was given the microphone to spread this misinformation. So she's saying that, like, she used, like, words trying to sound like science, you know, magnetic electrodes in the vaccine. She's saying, you've all seen the pictures online of people with keys stuck to their necks and to their arms and things like that. I personally haven't seen it, but I guess it is a really big conspiracy theory among anti-vaxxers right now. So there was a woman who claims to be a nurse practitioner student by the name of Joanna Overholt. Uh, She stepped up during the same meeting on Tuesday in Ohio. Oh, and by the way, so they were speaking up against this House Bill 248, which is the Enact Vaccine Choice and Anti-Discrimination Act. So during, yeah, so during this demonstration, this woman, Joanna Overholt, she sticks a key. She like pushes a key into her chest. And you know how when you do that, it'll like stick for a few seconds and it'll fall. Uh It does Uh that. And she like catches it. And so here I've got the quote. She goes, explain to me why the key sticks to me. It sticks to my neck too. She like puts it to her neck and it immediately she's falls. She's like balancing it. For real. She's like trying to get in and then as she's doing that, she goes, if somebody could explain this to me, that would be great. But she's like, obviously like it's not actually sticking to her. Listen, ma'am, you should have put some double-sided tape on the back of that key if you really wanted to make it convincing. For real, yeah. So they're saying, these two women and other conspiracy theorists are saying that there is like, uh, there's metal in the vaccine. So so at the vaccination site, people are becoming magnetic in that place. So wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I need someone to explain the science for me. Of okay, there's metal in the vaccine. Yes. How does that make somebody magnetic? Okay, I don't understand how that works. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they didn't get into the science of that, but they did have hmm. poor scientists needing to debunk these photos of people online with keys and hairpins and stuff stuck to them and I just wrote I'm so sorry you had to do that scientist look it's been a really it's been a tough year for everybody but it has been a real tough year for scientists poor lady science is just really going through it I can just imagine like not just Fauci but like all these scientists they wake up every day and they're just like 
Well, did you see that, like, some of Fauci's, like, texts were leaked or something? Like, I didn't and go... And there's nothing suspicious in them. No, like, but it just thing. shows that he was under so much stress. Like, that's yes. all it really showed from what I saw. But, so, anyways, this conspiracy theory has gone far enough that the CDC actually felt a need to issue a bulletin this week about it, making it clear that all COVID-19 vaccines are free from, quote, metals such as iron, nickel, cobalt, lithium, and rare earth allets as well as any manufactured products such as microelectronics, electrodes, carbon nanotubes, and nanowire semiconductors. In addition, the typical dose for a COVID-19 vaccine is less than a millimeter, which is not enough to allow <laughs> magnets to be attracted to your vaccination site, even if the vaccine was filled with magnetic metal. Thank somebody you, went CDC. To an, <laughs> somebody went to an Ivy League school and had to write that statement. That's you know, exactly it, what I was thinking. I was like, this yeah. person is a scientist working on a legit plague right now, something that has taken out so many human lives. And they had to take the time to write out, no, there's no metal in this vaccine. And even if there was, it would not be enough to make you magnetic. <laughs> It reminds me of earlier on in the pandemic, and this feels like a million years ago now, when Trump was like, I don't know, maybe swallow some bleach and see if that works. And like oh they, God, government yeah. officials and agencies had to come out and be like, please don't inject yourself with bleach. For real. <laughs> like, please don't swallow Clorox. I mean, do you remember the video of the woman? Well, well, she was some doctor or scientist that was like sitting on the side of the podium when Trump was talking about that i just remember her face going viral the reaction to her face when she said when trump said that was just hysterical but yeah that's that's all i got for this week i just couldn't i couldn't believe it oh and so one other thing cnn's jake tapper who i have such a crush on and um this guy dr sanjay gupta Mm -hmm. um they show like a clip of the doctor and the nurse trying to like stick stuff to herself and jake tapper's like all right we're gonna debunk this now we're gonna try it he takes like a metal pen and tries to stick it to his forehead and the doctor does the same i mean (laughs) it's just it's so sometimes i wonder what it must be like for serious journalists and news anchors because i'm just like how does it feel to be living in this reality where this is even something that you need to seriously talk about? Like this is something that we need to have a a 10 minute discussion about on CNN. I know. Like whether or not this shot made you magnetic. Yeah. The fact that it even made it to CNN to me was hilarious because when I saw the video initially, I saw just like little clips of it, like on Instagram and stuff. And I was like, Oh, stupid people, whatever moved on. The fact that it actually like, became enough of a thing where like people on the internet were posting photos of themselves with like metal objects stuck to them and that they actually needed Jake Tapper and a doctor on CNN to be like, nope, it doesn't work. <laughs> but you know, the, those people don't watch CNN. Oh, no, not you know, at all. I really feel like the internet is such a, it's so hit or miss, right? Oh, yeah. like, there's great stuff on the internet. I think the internet has done a lot of good that we don't always acknowledge because it, for all the bad that it's done, it has like brought people together. It's also shared information yeah. in a way like Gen Z had so much more access to I other mean, people's experiences. Yeah, I'm so thankful to social media and to the Internet in so many ways. But but the, the other side. side of that coin is 
first of all, I don't even think that all of these people who are sharing these photos believe in it. I think no. that there's a, a good number of these people who are trolls. Oh, totally. Right? And, yeah. and unfortunately are just like fanning the flames of something that could potentially be pretty dangerous. Well, and that's the thing that we've seen. Like, it's so easy to laugh at these conspiracy theories and conspiracy theorists. But if there's one thing that the last like four or five years has taught us is that like, even what we can see as being possibly a harmless conspiracy theory can build and grow into something that's like actually really violent and dangerous. Right. And I'm absolutely certain that there are a lot of people who do believe it to be true. Yeah. And it's it's fascinating in the most horrifying way, the way that you can your mind can trick you into believing something, even if your eyes are telling you otherwise. Like you're like, it's yeah, I'm magnetic. And, and you put a key next to your injection site and it falls and you're like, see, and it's like that defies all logic, I know, but you but believe it still. And that's wild. I mean, that's why I personally, I think that's why I've always found cults so fascinating since I was really young. Like I remember learning about Charles Manson when I was like way too young to learn about Charles Manson. But I think that the idea of brainwashing is so fascinating and it's so real that can make someone completely change who they are as a person and their way of thinking and their thought processes. And while it's so easy, I I mean, I found this hilarious and that's why I wanted to talk about it because it seems so ridiculous. But at the same time, we've learned how important it is to still bring up these things that we see as being so out of the norm because it is kind of becoming part of our normal in a way, these conspiracy theories. So Uh, they're important to talk about, unfortunately, but hopefully this one will die away soon. But I had a feeling that our listeners would get a kick out of it. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Well, I had written something about Kamala Harris going to South America. Yeah. But I wasn't able to complete my notes on it. But we can touch on it very quickly because I do think this situation, when Biden and Harris were elected, we said, you know, let's celebrate in this moment, but we need to hold their feet to the fire on these things. We need to hold them accountable. Definitely. And... Her trip to South America was really weird and disheartening. Not weird, but like disheartening to me because this was her first trip as vice president it was like out her of the first, country. Yeah, international trip, right? Mm-hmm. And she basically went there to say to uh, Central America to say, "Hey, stop coming to the United States border. If you come to the U.S. border, you're going to be turned away." Like that's that was the speech she gave essentially. What? Yeah, that's insane. Yes, which a lot of progressives were really upset about that. But I mean, she went on Biden's orders. Biden seemed to be pretty happy with the way that that went. And then later on, she got on CNN and he was asking her like, hey, why haven't you visited the southern border yet? Because she hasn't. Yeah. Um, And she said, at some point, you know, we're going to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. And Holt responded, uh, you haven't been to the border. And then she responded, I and I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I don't I don't understand the point you're making. So she was really trying to like get around the fact yeah, that like, she was trying to she dance herself around the fact that she herself hadn't been there. But also, I think that that question was important to ask to be asked because of the statements that she made. If she's talking about don't come to the border, don't come to the border. Well, why haven't you even gone to our border yet? Like that doesn't make any sense. Right. And 
I don't know. I think people found it to be really disheartening, you know, because it's like we have this woman who has made a big deal of being the child of immigrant parents, right? And yeah. that was a big thing that she spent a lot of time campaigning on and talking about. Right. And then I understand that this is what she was tasked to do. Like, this is what President Biden told her to go there and right. do. But the I watched the clip and... She, I know she's a prosecutor, but she sounded like a lawyer, like yeah, in the way she that she could, was saying it. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a difference too about then sounding like a lawyer and sounding like a vice president, where I feel like there is more humanity in the second. You know, I mean, yeah. like when you're a president or vice president, you are supposed to have a little bit more emotion, empathy, sympathy in some way, where when you're right. a lawyer, it's a little bit more cut and dry. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and of course, because there never is and why would there ever be, there is no acknowledgement of the fact that, like, these regions are in large part destabilized because of things that we have done, actions that the United States has taken. And so to then go there and say, like, you are going to be turned away if you try and cross our border, it's, it's just... I don't know. I think a lot of people just felt that it was lacking a lot of the empathy that we were hoping to get it's with this administration. All of the empathy that mm-hmm. we would think to get. Yeah, I mean that's very sad for me to hear that that's how she would spend her time. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, but I wanted to make sure I, I wanted to write a lot more about this, but yeah. unfortunately, I wasn't able to. To I didn't have the time to write. No, more that's about fine. It, I think that mentioning that is a really important thing. Yeah, I want to mention it because I do think that it is important for us to not say that our work is done just because the Trump administration is not in the White House. Like, we do need to hold these people accountable for the things that we want to see happen in our country. So, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, I think that a lot of people are ready to do that. So it's definitely important to keep up with all that. Because I knew that she went. But I hadn't yeah. heard, I hadn't looked into that enough. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. And I'll have to do some of my own research on all of that as well. Okay, well, everybody, we are going to be doing our coming out episode. We are going to be releasing it on January 28th. So if you want to send us your coming out story, whether it be anonymously or using your name or whatever you're comfortable with, Uh, please feel free to send us an email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. We've gotten a few stories already and I've really been enjoying reading them. I hope we get more and more to make it a really, really great episode. So if you're comfortable with it and if it's something that you want to do, please get those into us by June 24th. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go to the business page and like us and leave a review. And then you can go over to the group page and chat with the other listeners. And the one thing that we appreciate so, 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 so much and helps our show so much is if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you love us and you think other people would love us, that's the best way for us to get seen. All right, that's all we got for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to to rage on. Bye. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused, and you have no idea where this came from? No. 
She was sent here anonymously. Mm-mm, not she. They, maybe? W- wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often?